Well, welcome everyone to Outpost 127 as we broadcast from our outlying post to bring a little encouragement to those of you on the front lines advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Outpost 127. My name is Luke Pollock, and I'm one of the hosts of this podcast alongside Greg Wukash. Today, we have a special treat for you. Uh, we get the pleasure of having Ron Van Horn, my lead pastor, on, on the podcast today. Now, Ron is a fellow Misfit minister, a bivocational pastor leading a fantastic expression of the Vineyard Church at his outpost in Circleville, Ohio. Ron not only is a misfit minister of the gospel, but also a construction project manager, a new business partner of mine with a mobile coffee shop helping those in active recovery. He also is starting his own design business called Van Horn Design and Build. And if that didn't seem enough, he is a great man of God, a great family man, a husband to his, his wife Tracy, father of two to Roxy and Vincent. And I've known Ron now for several years. We have been partners in ministry together. We have laughed and cried together, worshiped together, fought against racial and social injustice together. But most importantly, we have just kid around and had all kinds of fun together, joking around. And so I am excited for you to meet Ron Van Horn today, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Well, hello. Welcome to Outpost 127. Um, and we have a special guest today. Uh, his name is Ron Van Horn, and he is in Circleville, Ohio, um, and uh, at his outpost. And we're excited to have you. Ron, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. He's like right down the street from you, Luke. So it's not fair <laughs> because y'all get to hang out all the time. And I have to be like, I don't know, a thousand miles away having this conversation this evening. So that's true. Ron yeah. did. Ron did invite me to the church tonight to do this, uh, this podcast. And I said, Nope, I'm already in my underwear. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Listeners do not true, true imagine story. that at all. True at story. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a, Sorry, that's all Greg. right. I'm in my pajamas. You have to edit that I'm, one out. Yeah, maybe. no, no, no. Hey, no editing, man. That's just, <laughs> that's just the truth. That's the way it is, especially with you. That's the way you are anyway. So it's true all story. good. Yeah, that's true. So, Ron, I um, since I am in San Antonio and you are in Circleville, and we've met a couple times when I've been able to uh, to come to Ohio. Um, but tell us a little more about you so the listeners get to know a little bit more about you, kind of where you're from, a little background about your church experience growing up, that kind of stuff. Okay, well, uh, I, I am a pastor. Um, I'm a bivoca- bivocational pastor. Okay. Um, and uh, here in Circleville, Ohio, which is about, uh, uh, about an hour south of Columbus, and, uh, yeah, pastor, a, a vineyard church here in town. Okay. Super cool community, by the way. Um, yeah, did, around town. Had, now, did you grow up there or did, did you grow up somewhere else and move there? No, 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 I did not grow up here. Okay. Uh, it, I had, to, I had to grow into this community. Mm-hmm. I had to grow into liking this community, <laughs> but, uh, this, this is my tribe now. This is, this is my people. Um, uh, I grew up in a little suburb of Columbus, um, Ohio and, uh, uh, Gehanna. I grew up in Gehanna, Ohio. So, hmm. uh, graduated from Gehanna. And, you lived in the uh, hood though, is what you I, like to say. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I, uh, yeah, my, my first home was in, in the, uh, in the hood uh, of, uh, Columbus. We lived in, uh, Linden, uh, and, uh, moved away, lived in the suburbs. And when I got married, we actually moved back to the hood, um, uh, lived, um, lived there for a couple years and, uh, then ended up in, in, in the country again. So we've, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a storied, uh, <laughs> all over the story place yeah with us um but yeah we landed uh we landed here we my wife and i both attended college here at uh 
it's uh, Ohio Christian University. Oh, uh, okay. But when uh, she and I went there, it was Circleville Bible College. Hmm. Um, so, I don't think I knew that. I don't think I knew that that y'all had already kind of been. Uh, you know, you knew about the the, the city anyway. I think you, I didn't know that y'all had already lived there for a period of time or anything. So, yeah, we okay. lived here in college. Uh, we, you know, got married. We moved away and never thought we'd be back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> But this is where we we landed. Uh, this is where her family is from. Okay, and uh, that was a big part of it. Uh, was that uh, we had um, her family, and w- when we started having kids, uh, um, all the nieces and nephews were all the same age. And uh, childcare, we we bounced childcare back and forth uh, a couple days. Uh, you know, when we take turns. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm taking care of the kids if you will yeah so 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 again how long have you lived in circleville uh well let's see i think we've been here 22 23 years 23 okay. years okay yeah 23 years and luke how long have you lived there that's a that's a great question you put me on the spot there right. dude uh since 2012 let's just say that okay all right <laughs> So you're not a math major. That's what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> that's, that's basically, I, right. I, I gave up public math a long time. Okay. Ago. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> I was just trying to find out, you know, what the, when the crossover was between, between you two and Circleville and how there, long, so. there is this thing that our, our town round town is known for. It's called the pumpkin show mm. and uh vineyard church had a booth at this pumpkin show. Uh, and they were doing fantastic um, face painting. Like face painting, like you've never seen before, Greg. Hmm. Hmm. Um, and uh, and Ron, one year, I will, I will admit, he turned me into Mimi from uh, what was that, the Drew Carey show? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. There's pictures. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. He had a big makeup face. Yeah. Okay, so now, so now the listeners are imagining Mimi face with underwear. In your underwear right now. Yeah, great, fantastic. This is going downhill. Yeah, we, we went off the rails real fast. That's that's for sure. Right, Not even okay. through the first question. Uh, you're right back. Uh, yeah. So, so your church experience, Ron. You've uh, you've been you've been a part of in ministries probably since you've been in some kind of capacity since you've been a teenager. Um, correct. correct. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Can you, can you tell us some of, uh, just some of your experience, uh, in ministry and, and some of maybe even your views of ministry and how they've changed over the years? Ah, um, man, that's, that's a big question. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, I, I grew up in a, in a home that, uh, we went to church and, uh, it was a, um, uh, you know, we went to church uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and uh, and midweek. Um, it's midweek service, and uh, um, you know, I I I guess I just grew up in a in a Christian home. Um, I don't know, really. I guess um, the Lord really kind of got a hold of me um, my senior year of high school. Hmm. Um, uh, a buddy of mine, um, yeah, I, I really, I'm stumbling here. Uh, no, buddy of mine, uh, buddy of mine was, uh, really caught fire for the Lord and, uh, came back from, uh, summer and, uh, man, he just like kind of nailed me to the, to the floor and said, listen, where, where are you and Jesus at? And, uh, you know, just kind of really spoke my language and, um, I was nowhere with Jesus. I, I was, uh, I was a kid I, who, who was from a Christian home. And, you know, I, I guess I, I can say that I, I thought I was a Christian, but I, I really hadn't really explored what that really meant or, you know, it, for me, it was just, you know, I, it's what we did. We, we went to church, um, but I didn't know really anything past that. Um, and, uh, so this buddy of mine, uh, Rob, um, he, uh, 
really challenged me. And, um, I, I dove into the, to the word. We, we started having Bible studies together and, um, he, uh, he invited a girl into this little thing that we had. And then she was like, uh, kind of the third wheel <laughs> and they, they quickly got engaged and, uh, <laughs> they got married. you know how that goes. And, uh, uh, so yeah, I was the third wheel. Um, mm-hmm. anyway, so we, we, uh, we just started, uh, really seeking the Lord, I guess. And, uh, uh, it wasn't too long and I really felt like the Lord was calling me deeper. Um, you know, this was, uh, I'm an 18 year old kid and, uh, I actually had a scholarship to, um, Columbus college of art and design. Um, I, I'm an, an artist, have an artist background and, uh, man, I was already, I had started college and started this into the scholarship and, uh, really hadn't ever paid any, uh, attention to what maybe the Lord really wanted out of me and for me. And, um, at the time I thought that meant, um, leaving school and going to Circleville Bible college. So, uh, so I left this, uh, art program and scholarship, left it behind and, and, uh, headed down here to Circleville and, uh, studied youth ministry. And, uh, that's what I felt like the Lord was calling me into and, uh, calling me to be. And so that's where it started. Um, yeah. Youth ministry. Wow. Youth ministry coming out of a, arts college because that that like you said that's your background that's kind of i guess it was your passion growing up was, was yeah, your, yeah 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 just drawing painting sculpting i mean i'm i'm into it all um uh yeah graphic design uh, i'm yeah a little bit of everything um and that was like the the weirdest transition because um going from this was in the late eighties, um, you know, Columbus college of art and design. It was like, it wasn't even goth then. It was just the punk scene. Um, <laughs> it kind of evolved into the goth. Uh, everyone was wearing black and black lipstick and they had, you know, three foot tall mohawks and mm. blue hair and, you know, and uh, to go from, from that to Circleville Bible college where you have to, tuck in your shirt and button up and uh it collar can't you know your hair can't be on your collar it was it was a it was really transition for for me um so yeah it was a weird transition Hmm. well kind of sounds like it maybe prepared you though a little bit for ministry because there's so much diversity in ministry so much transition (laughs) in ministry right right Yeah. yeah yeah for sure for sure absolutely and, and, and uh, I have to ask, did you have a, you know, one foot, two foot mohawk, blue mohawk <laughs> yourself? Uh, I had, uh, I'll say I had the, I was the king of mullets. I had, the, <laughs> the, right. I, I was, uh, I, I was, yeah, it was, it was more of a flock of seagulls kind of thing <laughs> that I had going on. It was okay. like, this thing up top that was it was a little more than than business but definitely party in the back it was halfway down the, the back. <laughs> you know it was again the late 80s and yeah. uh yeah that's that's who i was i was king mullet for sure speaking that he's speaking my 80s language there for sure when he he throws out and, and this is probably the first time on the the broadcast that we've we've referenced flock of seagulls so <laughs> i appreciate that um <laughs> You, you mentioned earlier that uh, you mentioned this word earlier that I, that I'm guessing a lot of people maybe who are listening right now have, have never heard before. And that was bivocational, bivocational pastor. And <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing when you said that in your, in your introduction, that people were like, what in the heck is a bivocational pastor? So um, if you could maybe just tell us a little bit about what kind of what that means. And then also uh, what do you do uh, in your sort of, uh, vocation in your vocation job right uh mm-hmm. you can let us know a little bit about what you do in your in your vocation 
Okay. Well, um, bivocational means that I, I work a job, um, as well as, uh, pastor a church. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I work a job and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not just solely, uh, a hundred percent full-time pastor, um, which I think I am a full-time pastor, yeah, but I'm also, yeah. I, I'm a full-time, uh, worker, if you will. And, uh, actually my, um, I've spent most of my career, um, in construction and, um, design and construction, if you will. Mm. And, um, so actually I'm right at the front end right now. We've just started my own company. Um, and, uh, it's a design build company. So, um, yeah, we're, it's, uh, I'm trying to marry all of the things that, uh, that God has put in me. Um, this, this craving to be creative. Um, I, I like to build and sculpt and paint and do all the art stuff, but I'm trying to marry that with, uh, um, construction as well. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, I've, you know, I say most of my career has been in, uh, construction, but it's bounced between construction and signage. And I worked for a retail design firm for many years where it was kind of everything we, we did all, we, uh, we designed and built and installed, uh, creative spaces, if you will. So that, that's kind of what, uh, this company is. Um, so, yeah. so, uh, being a bivocational pastor though, a lot of people, you know, kind of put those in, in categories. Well, you do the pastor thing on, on Sundays, you lead a church or, or, or a small group or whatever. Um, but that's not you, Ron. I, I've heard several stories of, of you pastoring people on the construction sites. Um, mm-hmm. And could you, could you have a, do you have a story you want to share with, with us? Uh, about some of those kind of experiences where, um, you know, people are swearing and all kinds of stuff around you, but, um, but then you have these, these moments of just God using you on the construction site to be a, be a pastor, uh, to, to those, your coworkers. Uh, you know, those, those (laughs) construction is, a uh, you know, it's, it's a, uh, varied career, if you will. Um, you know, there is a lot of swearing, <laughs> a lot of that happening. Uh, so yeah, I guess, um, let me, let me back up a little bit. Um, I, I, I don't want to avoid that question, but, um, part of my story is, uh, <laughs> is, um, I had a breakdown in ministry and I kind of wanted to walk away from ministry um, I don't want to really dive deep into that, but, uh, um, I had a bad experience, got burnt out and chewed up by the church. Um, this is, uh, you know, a couple years after I got married, uh, I've been married about 25 years now. And for the first time in my life, you know, coming, being a minister, if you will, in my teens and, uh, coming up early twenties, um, I found myself at a place where like, okay, I I need a career. Um, so that's where I found construction. And I think what I, what I want to tell you is like, um, you know, we think of this, the church as this, uh, people full of integrity and full of, um, of good people. Mm. And, um, when I landed in construction, I, I was just blown away that, um, I found people of immense integrity and, um, authenticity and, you know, real people, um, who just didn't know Jesus. I mean, they were, they were as honest and good hearted people as any, anyone I'd ever sat with at church. Um, but, these were, you know, just excellent people. And it just shocked me I'm it, that, you know, it was a turning point in my mind of 
these people, these are good people. They just, just, just don't know Jesus. Um, so over the years, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's been, um, you know, conversations here and there, um, with, with people, um, you know, about who Jesus is and, and what he does in our lives. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I can't really pick out any, anyone's story. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm kind of blanking. Well, but that's, um, I, I, I want to, cause I, that's first of all, I'm, I'm now you got me fired up, right? This is the point <laughs> that I start getting really fired up and Luke knows now I'm, I'm starting to move in my chair and like, I'm about to start standing. And because, because what I, what I, what I'm so fascinated by, by you, Ron, and your story is exactly what you just explained, right? That first of all, you're marrying this idea of design and build and all of this stuff that God has sort of wired you for. You're, you're, you're learning to marry that together with the ministry that you do with being a bivocational yeah. pastor. Right. And, and so first of all, that's exactly what outpost 127 is all about. It's, it's about encouraging those people who sort of been told that um, you can't be an artist and you can't be a pastor. You can't be a construction worker. You can't be a pastor. And, and we have been told that over and over again, or maybe not physically told that to our faces, but it's been alluded to like, like you've <laughs> got to choose one or the other. Right. Right. Um, and, and so that story is, is so indicative of what we're talking about here because you're, you're trying to marry those two together. But the other part about that is like you went into construction and you found amazing people within that field. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. Complete integrity. And mm. I mean, you know, getting chewed up and spit out, um, in, in the church, um, it was, that was hard. I, I mean, when I say I, I was walking away, I, I was walking away, uh, from my faith and, um, I just didn't want to believe in God anymore. And really, um, you know, these people that I met really kind of led me back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that's kind wow. of weird, but, wow, but, that's great. um, mm. that there's, um, that there's good hope in the world. Um, yeah. Integrity. Wow. Um, that meant a lot. Yeah, for mm. sure. Mm. <clears throat> what would you, uh, what would you want people to know uh, about bivocational ministry that, uh, that maybe, that maybe people don't know? Um, especially being able, uh, to, to do the things that how God's wired you to do them, uh, but also to do it, uh, in a career as well as in the church. Like, um, uh-huh. what, what, what things can you, can you tell people that maybe they don't know about bivocational ministry and what, what they may not be aware of? <laughs> um, well, I, I don't have time to hang out with the ministerial association, <laughs> Um, here in town. Oh, you, you mean the one that uh, meets on a regular basis uh, during the workday? <laughs> no, yes, yes. <laughs> I, I don't. Not that I wouldn't mind uh, being a part of that, but I, I just, you know, I'm. I don't have uh, the time. Mm-hmm. Um, working a, a regular job, and uh, they do always have that <laughs> during during the day. Um, you know, why not on a weekend? Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, uh, it's, it's, uh, I don't, it's, hmm. I don't know, Luke. I, I don't know how to answer that question. Um, it's not easy. Is hmm. it? It's you're, 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 no, you're constantly trying to balance time for your family, time for, uh, the church and important things for the church, but also being a good worker and, and, and doing, I mean, I, I've known you for a while, and and if you didn't put in a fifty to sixty, or maybe even an eighty-hour work week, then you were sloughing off, <laughs> yeah. right? It's it's true, yeah. Um, and and that's um, this past year um, has really kind of helped me in that being uh, being out of balance um, for sure. As far as you know, what I want people to know about bivocational ministry is that, um, you know, maybe we don't have, um, all the time that, you know, someone who's doing full-time ministry, um, we don't have, you know, all those 
hours uh, to, to put in. But um, what we're doing is is just important. We most of us bivocational guys are leading the the small churches, um, and it we're okay with it. <laughs> we're, we're we're okay with that. Um, um, it's kind of where uh, the Lord has put us, and I think it's uh, um, you know we not, might not have all the uh, the coolest programs and the bells and whistles and um, you know and, but ministry it's 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 authentic um, yeah I I don't know. I don't know if that answers a question or not, but, um, well, I think the fact that, no, I, I, I think that was an amazing answer. I think the fact that, you know, it, it is a struggle to try to define what it is really. It's a struggle to try to explain it to people. Um, I know that, you know, when I, when I try to tell people I was a bivocational pastor, they just sort of look at me like, I don't, I don't even understand what you're talking about there. And yeah. right. And, and, you know, I'm an, I, I tend to just kind of, whether it's true or not, Ron, I, I tend to just kind of call it what it is. Um, it, it, it's real ministry. It's real important ministry. And th- there would be times when I would feel, l- I, I would be made to feel less, less than. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because I hadn't, well, you're, you're... I hadn't chosen it as a vocation. So I must not be uh, you're, trusting in the, not... in the Lord enough. Or a real pastor. Or You're a not a pastor. real pastor. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Correct. That's a, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, and I need to specify, um, my, my wife is a co-pastor with me. Um, and she's also bivocational. Um, so we, we share, uh, we share in, in the work and, and the load. Um, and actually Luke, um, Luke's a part of this and um, him and his wife and, and that's unique. I think that's unique to who we are and what we do because I don't have, um, you know, all the time in the world. So um, it's delegate and uh, it's that delegates a terrible word um, (laughs) because it's not, it's, it's sharing. Um, it's sharing in, in the um, <laughs> sharing in the load of you know doing what needs to be done and uh, you know bringing people to Jesus. Do you think people connect? Uh, Luke and, and Rod, both y'all can either one can answer this or both. Do, do you think that people connect with with y'all's church a lot more because of the authenticity that that you have? Uh, because you're both you know, bivocational, you're both regular guys that are, you know, working, uh, you know, jobs. So, so maybe the, the people can kind of relate to that a little bit more as well. You think that that's an, an important part of what you do in ministry? Uh, I, I think uh, specifically for our church, I, authenticity is one of the biggest um, things for, for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, uh, being real and who we are is, is a, is a big deal. Yeah. Um, the good, the bad and the ugly of it. And um, we're, we are definitely a church that we're, we're not going to be for everyone um, because, you know, our kids are, are running all over the place and um, it's noisy. It's, it's a little bit messy and disheveled. Um we really value hanging out and we hang out probably more than, um, than maybe we, <laughs> we should, we, um, Luke, Luke fought me hard. Oh, I, if we can no, talk about, this is not true. He, he, oh, he fought me hard <laughs> at the beginning. Um, and, and now like, um, the hanging out, we, we, he actually coined the phrase, the, we hang in the ish. Um, we, we start when, when we start. Um, but what, what we had to kind of educate people on is that, um, church starts when, when people show up. Um, so all the hanging, hanging out stuff that happens, uh, in front of what we traditionally call the start of service, 
um, is church. Uh, so these little conversations that are happening, these little um, um, pats on the back and, and words that are going on between people, that's, that's church happening. Amen. Amen. And uh, so we, I, I see Luke now, like he's turned a corner and like, he's not watching the clock anymore. Like, you know, well, you that's know not and, and even me, <laughs> Well, no, yeah. <laughs> no, because there was one Sunday recently where I, I was like, man, it's like we're, we're like almost 45 minutes past when <laughs> so, um, but we've also had times Luke and I both have, we've had times where we just sit back and we're, we're watching interactions that are happening and we've just seen how God is doing things, um, just in the coming yeah. together. It, it really people. is a beautiful thing. Um, and I, I, w- I had, I mean, we've had this con- conversation around on, on several occasions. I had to unlearn some things. Um, and I'm, I'm not a big like timekeeper, like, Oh, it has to be in and out. People have to be in and out of here at a certain time. And, you know, they got pot roasts in the oven and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I was never that way, but it was like, I, I still always thought we, we really need to respect people's time and everything. But then like the, yeah. the light, the light bulb went off in my head and I, I, I contributed to the Holy spirit just hitting me and, and, and saw church happening and the conversations and the tears that are already happening and, and people being prayed over before the first worship mm-hmm. started before, you know, we said, Hey, welcome to Vineyard Circleville or whatever. Like it was already happening. Church was already happening. And, and we, we started and we, we say 1030 ish and it's even advertised in our, in our, uh, you know, local newspaper that we, that's, we start at 1030 ish and, and living, living in the ish has been so good for our church and, the, for them to the, our value of being authentic with each other um, and real. And that, that's, that, yeah. that's when it's happening. Right, Ron? Yeah, for sure. And Greg, to answer your question, I, like I said, we're, we're not going to be for, for everyone because mm-hmm. some people do want to clock in and clock out. Um, and we, uh, that's just not us. We, we do value um, hanging out. Um, we think that, that Jesus meets us in the hanging out and, um, you know, a lot of people just, uh, aren't into that. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, it's true. Uh, so, I, so we're, we're not, we're not for everyone. And I, I want to, I want to focus on something Luke just said and, and, and Ron ask you this and Luke, if you want to chime in too, that's great. I, and I'm sorry, I'm going to kind of maybe throw you for a, a little bit of a loop here, but. When, when you look, you said that I had to unlearn, unlearn some things. And I, I would imagine there's people listening right now and people who've been listening that say, you know, I, I have a very uh, traditional kind of idea of church time and the way things go. And this idea that you talk about kids running around and the ish, and that's just, I, I don't know, that's a little strange to me, but, but somehow like I know it to be true. What, do you have any recommendations or do you have any thoughts on, like if somebody was listening right now and the Holy spirit was working on them and saying, you know, you should explore this a little more. What, what would you want to say to them if they came to you and said, you know what? I, I, I really want to, I want to get away from feeling the, the weight and the, of, of the way I do church now. Um, Not to copy you. That's not what I'm saying, but to learn maybe some of the lessons of what you've seen you know, with the authenticity that, that God has created within your congregation? Uh, hmm. I mean, we've, we see, like, like we just said, the, we've seen God just move and show up um, all the time, just in, in conversation. Um, and I think our churches, um, church in America um, has, you know, just kind of sold itself into business models Mm. and, um, and not just business models, but, but um, almost, you know, 
a, sh- a show and and i gotta i gotta confess like that used to be me as well like mm-hmm. uh, you know i i you know some of growing up and being in ministry in the early 20s was um you know willow creek model um stuff and and you know very program i guess that's the word i'm looking for very program oriented mm-hmm. and um and there's that's good for some people. That's good for a lot of people. Um, but for, I guess, and maybe that's me, um, being, being the artist, you know, I don't don't want to be a part of a program. I, I, I want, um, I want authentic authenticity. Um, I want to see the art happening and just what God, God does in us. Um, you know, when he brings people together, stuff happens and it, it, it's beautiful. Mm. And I think, you know, I think we get so tied into, it has to be a certain way and it has to be, um, you know, it's, it's just gotta be, um, it's gotta look and feel like church, but, um, yeah, I would say to challenge that, um, that, you know, Jesus just hung around with people um, and he spent time with people. And you asked me earlier, like um, what's changed in my idea of ministry and that that's it, that, um, you know, it's not programs. It's, it's just spending time with people. Um, that's what discipleship is. Um, that is what discipleship is. And you can have classes and do all the, you know, make a checklist of things to do. But in the end, the way Jesus did it was he hung out with people and it was messy and it was dirty and, um, lives changed. So that's, that's what I would tell someone is just, just don't be afraid of the messy part of it. Mm, That's Mm. so good. So good. Yeah. Thanks for that. I, I love that you, I love that you brought the, uh, I don't know if you heard me while I was sort of just kind of oohing and on a little bit that you were talking about that must be the artist in me. And, (laughs) and I think it is, I think it's so true. And I I think that's just a a beautiful way of saying it. You said the, uh, seeing the art that God does in us, that that's just a really beautiful way of, of, uh, of, of seeing it. And I think only an artist like yourself would actually be able to see that. Yeah. Yeah. And and artists and designers, they typically will have uh, some like perfection tendencies um, that uh, you know has to be just right. And 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 I I remember just a few months ago we were uh, in the basement of our church and and we were doing some pottery and you were teaching me some some uh, you know I was making a coffee cup I was pretty excited about that. Um, but I, but I could tell, I could tell in that, even in that design time that, that, uh, I was, I was content. I was like, dang, look what I just created. And, but you had a totally different, like concept of like what has to, you know, what things have to take place in order for this to, to be able to actually function like a coffee cup and stuff like that. So, so it, artists and designers have these, these perfection tendencies, uh, which can be difficult in ministry, uh, since like you said, and, and you're right, it can get really messy at times, um, and rarely can mm-hmm. go as planned. So how have you learned to, to let go of some of those things or have you? And, um, yeah, I, I definitely have, um, I've kind of, realized that uh, well i think i've told you luke like um you know i i just expect the magic to happen you know uh when we come together i just expect you know that it's going to be the way it's going to be um you know i and i think a lot of people i think probably question um you know man what's going on here (laughs) but (laughs) I, I do. I, I think, uh, I had to let go. Um, if I can dive back into some of my twenties being, um, in that Willow Creek model. Um, again, I, I'm not here to, to bash that at all. Um, it actually, at the time it, it fit the artist 
in me because it was like all of these things, uh, music and, and drama and art and all of that can be married into the church. That that's a awesome, wonderful mm-hmm. thing. Um, and I applaud Willow Creek for that. The other side of it was the, the programmed side of that. Um, that was, um, you know, it was very program oriented and I was a part of a church that was very program oriented and I was the programming director. (laughs) That that was my job. Wow. And I, to, to, and we got to where we were, were charting out the, the feel of, of our services. And we would have this, uh, flow chart of, of what our service would be like if we were, uh, an audience member, which uh, is a terrible word as well, (laughs) Uh Uh, that, that the, the emotional roller coaster of, of the service that, you know, where, where do we want this to go? And, um, I think that's terrible. Um, I didn't, I didn't then I thought it was awesome, but now like I've, I've turned 180 on that. And I, I think, man, that, uh, if I could go back in time and and slap that mullet wearing kid, I I would. Uh, Flock of seagulls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would, um, because, because, um, the magic, <laughs> um, you know, the Holy Spirit, um, not that we weren't, you know, we, we didn't think we were kicking him out, um, but, but we were, we were programming him out of, um, out of it. And, um, shoot, I, I, I think now, um, there's the Holy Spirit just shows up and, in the ordinary, yeah, you know, he shows up in the ordinary stuff. Um, we don't have to have fog machines and light shows and any of that. Um, it's just real. Yeah, and I, I, I to piggyback on that, Ron, I, I just when the Holy Spirit moves, um, and it's genuine, and the, it's not manufactured, like it's better anyway. Like, I don't, I don't, who are we a lot of times? And I, again, I'm not dogging churches either that, that do this. I mean, I've sat in, I've sat through classes where they, they have honestly had conversations with me saying, yes, during altar calls, we have staged people to, to, to run up front. So, so nobody feels like they have to be the first one. And I'm just like, what on earth are we doing? Like allow the Holy Spirit Mm. to work because when the Holy Spirit works and it's not manufactured, it's it's a thousand times better than anything that we man could manufacture. Right. Because it's the Holy spirit that does, does the nudging and it's the Holy spirit that, that, uh, that opens our hearts and our eyes and our ears to, to what God's trying to do. And so, um, that's what I, I treasure that about, uh, about you, Ron, uh, is, is helping me unlearn some of those, those types of things too. Cause I, I grew up in, Yes, the Willow Creek model and, and some other models as well. Um, and but coming coming to Vineyard Circleville has been a, a an amazing learning experience for me because of those types of things. I'm just like, yes, we, we don't need all this extra hoopla. We just we just need we just need you, Jesus, plus nothing else. Wow, um, and that comes from unlearning. On my own self. I mean, like I said, I, if I could go back in time. Yeah. For I real. Uh, time machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's hard to think of some of the mistakes um, that you've made along the way that, um, yeah, you know, the intention was not to, to be that messed up, but um yeah, for, for me, I, you know, going back to the original question, um, what can we, you know, we, we can't go back in time. We can't, um, we, we've got to just um, deal with what's in front of us, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, and I got to tell you, I really, really appreciate 
the authenticity uh, of this conversation right now. I mean, it's just, it is who you are, Ryan. And, and the authenticity of this conversation, I mean, you know, I, w- yes, we're all going to sit here and, and, and make sure we say, you know, the, the Willow Creek model is, is we're not saying it's bad, right? It, it's, it's, it's fine for some churches, but I think the point that, that you just made, I think is really, really good. And, and something that I, that I hope that the listeners really embrace is that that's not the only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've, we've got to be led by the Holy spirit and we've got to be led by how God has wired us uh, whenever and to do whatever we're yeah. called to do, right. Whether it's vocational ministry, bivocational ministry, um, whatever we're called to do, God has wired us a certain way and, and the Holy spirit directs us that direction and we go with it. And, right. um, and, and I agree with you. I've, I've, you know, I, I, um, was discipled well early on in my, um, when I, you know, became a follower of Jesus, I was discipled really well in a Willow Creek model church. Uh-huh. Um, but I got to a, a place where I, where I said, it's not going to be the place where God's going to have me serve ministry wise. It's not going to be that kind of model. Yeah. Um, right. And so I think that's really important that you, that you said, and, and you were really authentic, authentic about that. Um, uh, we, we always, um, and Luke, I know, uh, you, you and I usually, <laughs> we talk about this. We usually have this final sort of question that we ask, which is those that are listening right now, um, they're going to call, what is Willow Creek? What are they talking about? That's what, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll just, we'll just have them have to go and look it up themselves. <laughs> so, right. And, right. and learn what that is. Uh, but we're we're all and and Lucas told me this about you that that we're all what we call misfit ministers. Uh, mm. You know, we, we're doing this ministry the way God has called us to do this ministry. But a lot of times, like we've been talking about, it just doesn't fit into a quote unquote model. Mm. And so there can be there can be loneliness there. Uh, there can be people who you, you know you just they don't understand you. And so uh, what we're trying to do with with Outpost One Twenty Seven again is to encourage these misfit ministers. So we always end our interviews by asking um, to, to give, if you would, sort of one encouragement that, that you would like to share today to the brothers and sisters who feel like they're misfits in the work that God has, has called them into. Uh, what kind of encouragement would you just like to, to leave them today uh, for those that are doing gospel work as a misfit minister? Hmm. Um. Shoot, uh, I would think uh, you said earlier, uh, em- embrace the mess. Um, <laughs> em- em- um, you know, Greg, I, I, I don't know. I, I found the vineyard um, years ago when I was coming out of this this messy ministry thing that uh, destroyed me. Um, I found the vineyard. Uh, because they left me alone. <laughs> they, <laughs> they left me alone enough uh, that they intrigued me. And, um, and um, I guess I would, I would tell people um, to just, I don't know. Um, last night we were talking about just in embracing Jesus that, um, mm-hmm. you know, embrace the messiness of the kingdom. Um, there's a lot of good stuff that happens in, in the mess, um, in the unplanned ordin ordinary mess of our ordinary, uh, lives. Uh, there's, there's, there's good stuff that just happens when we allow Jesus into that. Um, you know, there's just good stuff. <laughs> that's great wow wow and that was was that a discussion y'all were having at your was it the campfire yeah. bible study yeah yeah um yeah that's we're gonna have to save that conversation for a whole nother time because i i just saw that like posted i think on facebook last night and was super intrigued by you know uh bible study around a a, a, a campfire. Now I'm, I'm talking from somebody who's in, in South Texas right now, you know, who we're 
we're sitting here right now in uh, what in April, and it was it was ninety eight oh degrees gosh. the other day. So we don't think <laughs> we don't think about campfires in, uh, in South Texas. So. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we have to. I think we have to have yeah, more was... of the conversation too, because there's so much we haven't tapped into yet, Greg. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, this is going to be an ongoing conversation, Rod. I hope that's okay. We'll have to carve out some more of of your time if if that's okay, because yeah. I know. Um, I also know you're involved in, in a, a, you said you started your own, your own business. Um, and we definitely need to carve out some time to hear a little more about that. Um, but, uh, I just, I just want to thank you for, for agreeing to, you know, be on and, and just talk and, um, share. And, and I, again, I appreciate, really appreciate your authenticity and your honesty. Um, I think that's, uh, that's a great way to wrap it up in the, Talk about the mess. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate that a lot. You're welcome. Yeah, anytime. Good deal. Luke, any final thoughts? No, uh, Ron, I just really appreciate you. I uh, have always uh, admired you. And, and uh, yes, it's been messy. And there's there's been frustrating times for probably us both. Um, but uh, I, as I've as I've hung out with you and, and uh, I just I, I love you and I love your family. And I just, I just really appreciate you. And I hope, I hope the listeners truly hear his heart uh, when he speaks. He is a misfit minister, and uh, I, he meets the definition of that. Um, and so, uh, thank you so much for just being you. And and that's what I love about you. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. And I, I would, yeah, put some put some pants on and I'd, I'd give you a hug. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, Luke, I, I second that. Please put some pants on. And with that, uh, thank you again, Ron. And thanks for everybody listening to, uh, to, to our uh, broadcast uh, this evening and in, in our conversation. We appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Greg. Well, I really hope you were blessed by our conversation with Ron today. And take to heart what he said about leading from a place that God has wired you to be. You see, God designed you unique, so be uniquely you. We have enough cookie-cutter models in the world today. I hope after today's conversation that you feel the permission to live that out in a way that is unique to you. I'd like to just take a moment and pray, pray into that with you. So let's, let's pray. Father God, we love and adore you. You are a creative God, and, and you spoke this world and this universe into exi- existence. You, you knit us together in our mother's womb. Uh, you have creatively and uniquely made each of us. Holy Spirit, would you empower our listeners to begin to live out their unique life? Will you give their souls the permission and the courage to live that out. In your precious and holy name, amen. Well, thanks again for joining us here at Outpost 127. And until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you as we all stand firm side by side for the faith of the gospel.